Welcome to Archiving AK, a podcast of the Archives and Special Collections at the UAA-APU Consortium Library in Anchorage, Alaska. We're here to talk about what we do, what our researchers are up to, and to give you a closer look at the world of archives. This is Arlene, and in this, our 10th month of podcasting, I'm interviewing Zane Treesh of the Atwood Resource Center, the library and archives at the Anchorage Museum at Rasmussen Center. My guest today is Zane Treesh. Zane is the head of the library and archives at the Anchorage Museum. Zane, you're primarily a librarian, but you work with archival materials too, right? Uh, yes. Uh, when I started working at the Anchorage Museum about six and a half years ago, I was the reference specialist mm-hmm. to begin with, and so I was dealing a lot with the images of the archive, and that was my primary, uh, and then also reference on the desk and things, but I worked with the providing images for publication, for the exhibits, for the staff, um, whatever people needed, Um, and so that was probably like a 60-40 split archives library for those first six years or so, Mm -hmm. and then about um, in August of this year, I became the librarian. And so, and the reference specialist. So I'm still doing uh, uh, the arc, still working in the archives with uh, providing the images to people that request them, but also doing a lot more on the library side of things as well. Okay. Why did you want to be a librarian? Why did I want to be a librarian? Well, I'd always been interested in. It's the typical always interested in books. <laughs> uh, for for years growing up, I had a. a quite a bit of uh, book collections, uh, usually more books than I can read, um, that kind of uh, growing up. And then in high school, I did uh, the um, student work at the library in high school and then uh, thought I wanted to do geological engineering and started that off in my for undergrad and then switched that to a history major. <laughs> That's a big uh, at, at UAA and then came back to UAA and while I was at UAA, I also worked in the, the library here oh, I didn't know in that. the consortium okay. library in the, in the old building, well, the old building before renovation. Right. right. Uh, and then as I was uh, completing my degree in history, I, it was to either teach mm-hmm. or just to, um, it was going to take about as much time to get a certificate in teaching as it would to master's in library science. And I'd always been interested in the library side of things. So I just went ahead and got a master's in uh, library and information studies okay. and uh, it's always that's what I've been doing for since 96 and wow. I just find it interesting and I, I, I concentrated on um, the reference side of things I always liked uh, helping people f- find the information uh, that they're looking for and uh, so it's a good fit and with Alaska I grew up in Alaska mm-hmm. uh, I like Alaska I like the history like uh, about it so where I'm at now is a great fit to help people answer their questions about Alaska yeah I guess to use both sides yeah that's cool I had no idea and you still work here occasionally in our rough yes I'm still yeah here (laughs) that's been actually about five and a half years here at the the library here at UAA uh, just a rough desk uh, about once a week or so during the semesters okay so when you were in uh, working on your library degree or even undergrad, did you figure that you would end up working with archival materials, or did you think you were just going to be a more standard reference librarian who you know worked both books and journals, and um, databases? 
I probably thought I was I was kind of most a lot of my emphasis was towards the librarian side. Really mm-hmm. wasn't thinking too much about the archives side in undergrad and then also in in my uh, graduate studies. I did I was interested in the um, the Alaska room at mm-hmm. Lusac, mm-hmm. and I knew they had archival material and, and the maps and and other things beyond that. And so that was kind of the back of my mind of wanting to work with at some point right. and being interested in that. But that really wasn't my focus of my career. Gotcha. Um, it's uh, things change as you go along. Now. <laughs> they they do. <laughs> they very much do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started out as a math major, so I understand the geological side of things too. Um, that that's a massive switch, and it's exactly one I did. One of our goals with this podcast is to kind of highlight a lot of the archival institutions around the state. Um, you have a very specialized library and archives mm-hmm. at, at the museum. Can you talk a little bit about the types of materials you have there? Uh, sure. In the For in the archive side of the uh, library and archives there at the Atwood Resource Center at the Anchorage Museum, our strength is our photograph stills, mm-hmm. photograph collection. We really don't have the means we do have some motion picture, but we really don't have a means to provide it. It's not digitized, and that's a very small component of our archive. Our major component is the still images. We have about 700,000 images now. They range from the family that took photos and decided to donate it to the museum to professional photographers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our larger collections are uh, the Steve McCutcheon collection. We have about 160,000 images of his. Uh, he did commercial work from the 1940s all the way up to the 1990s, oh, even. Okay. And he has about 105,000 of those are color slides. Wow. Uh, and an, another 55,000 or so are, are negatives. Mm-hmm. And he did, he was all over the state for looking for materials. He would have been the person that may have been there. <laughs> if it was, <laughs> right, right. He, had, he went to like all the towns and villages, it seems, and, and, <laughs> and covered. And he took photos of about everything he could think of. Um, we also have another large collection by Ward Wells, mm-hmm. who's a commercial photographer um, from about the same, not quite as long as Steve, but from the 40s up to early 80s, about 82 is our latest of his. And he did a lot of anchorage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also went out to the, some of the villages. Oh, he did like Anatovic Pass. He had a, a series on that. He had a series on Savunga, okay. St. Lawrence Island. So he's also... Very good. Uh, but all his are negatives. They're black and oh, okay. white. We do have some prints, but his work is black and white. But he covered uh, a lot of Anchorage stuff. He did a lot of commercial work in Anchorage. So businesses, both of the men would do aerials for Anchorage oh, quite a okay. bit. So we have a lot of aerials of Anchorage over I time. know Ward Wells was the photographer for like the Ferrandi for years, too, because we have the Ferrandi organization's papers here, and his mm. photos are all over Oh, that. okay. Yeah. <laughs> So we see his name crop up so much. And I have to tell you, when somebody says, I want a picture of a building in Anchorage and whatever, and I'm like, go talk oh. to the museum. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's um, it's amazing how many we do have. Uh, the Ward Wells is such a large, well, Ward Wells is probably eighty to 100,000 images. Wow. And it's not archived quite a, I mean, it's, it's got a paper index for some mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to dig a little bit, but you can find some real gems in the Ward Wells collection. He also did commercial work. And so we have two different series. We have a stock series and a commercial series for mm-hmm. Ward Wells. We do have some uh, more recent uh, commercial uh, photographers that have donated. Randy Brandon mm-hmm. donated his, a lot of his, over 12,000 now of his images we have that are uh, color. 
mm-hmm. a lot of slides. Uh, he did. Uh, he's known for his color uh, work, photography. And then we have Fran Derner, uh, mm-hmm. her collection of her independent journalism and right. things like that. And uh, probably around 10,000 of those. I'm not quite firm on those numbers, but quite a few of her, her work. Right. And that covers from the 70s up to uh, 2000s. Okay. We also, in the, the archives, we have some uh, like earthquake letters, letters mm-hmm. that people wrote after the, the earthquake of 64. We have a lot of maps. Uh, that are archived and on the catalog as well. And then I'm trying to think of something that we have. You never know quite what people donate. <laughs> and so there's odds and ends here and there. Uh, we have the ledger, one of the ledgers for the original auction for the uh, of Anchorage. Oh, okay. The town, uh, when they were selling the town sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have one of those ledgers. And uh, we do, another large collection we have is the Alaska Railroad. We have the official Alaska Railroad collection. Right. And that probably has... Fifteen to twenty thousand images that are railroad, all the way, and uh, the AEC stuff from nineteen fifteen to nineteen twenty three. Uh, those right. are some great photos. And you've put a lot of them up on the Alaska's Digital Archives of the early ones, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are a few hundred, probably mm-hmm. a few thousand actually, up on the Digital Archives of those railroad, and they seem to be pretty popular. I know I cross reference them a lot. Yeah. And those official photographers during the construction weren't just taking railroad pictures, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, photos. They were taking photos of buildings and just different areas around where the railroad was going through. Right. Uh, so they're a good record of, of Alaska along the rail belt during that time. Right. Time period. So you said McCutcheon and Wells get used a lot, the railroad photos do. What are some of your other most used collections? Uh, we have a Ween collection. Oh, the, right. That has um, quite a few photos, but the aviation and they, they uh, a lot of their tourism photos, what they use for publicity. And those are, a lot of those are black and white, mm-hmm. and but they're from all over the state, wherever they flew. Mm. And so they're a good source for, for those. Um, Frank Whaley was a photographer for a lot of theirs. So they're, they're a high quality, you know, uh, collection. What are some of the others? We have... Uh, Hilscher collection, right. <laughs> uh, an assortment of different things uh, that he had collected, put together. Herb we also, Hilscher. Uh, Herb Hilscher, right? Yeah. He was knew a lot of people and yeah, around Alaska. Did. His and name shows up a lot. And so, uh, and he he's donated extensively uh, before he passed away to the museum, mm-hmm. and also um, a lot of books and maps. We are we were donated by him in our collection, and then the um, Brickley. Vern. Vern, Vern Brickley? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we have about 15,000 of his images. He was taking both commercial work and also was an official uh, army photographer or military photographer. Oh, okay. And so he did a lot. Of, we have a lot of World War II that he took. And then he also did commercial work both before and after World War II, all the way up mm-hmm. to, I believe, the 60s. So he's a pretty extensive collection uh, right. by him. And a lot of that's uh, uh, that'd be black and white with the Brickley. And then we also have scrapbooks. People like to donate scrapbooks <laughs> or photo albums right, to, right. The, to the archives. Or so the we have, of, yeah. Um, so we have a number of scrapbook collections that people gave. You know, people that might have traveled the inland passage in 1928, for instance, mm-hmm. and we'll make a scrapbook, and then uh, granddaughter will find it. You know, and, and donate right. things like that. And so we have some of the, several of those kind of collections. Uh, another large collection that I haven't mentioned yet was the ADAC collection. Mm. There was uh, 
the ADAC Historical Society and Museum had a collection that when they closed ADAC, the base, their mm-hmm. collection, their whole uh, museum collection came to the Anchorage Museum. And there's about uh, 17 boxes worth or more of material from the ADAC collection that covers all the way from World War II to all the way up to when ADAC was closed uh, as a military base. And we we had a a volunteer, Bruce Merrill, Mm -hmm. went through that collection and um, made a very nice detailed finding aid for that collection. And most of our collections, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of our collections have really detailed uh, finding aids that people can search from our website. Right. And come up with um, they may not, they won't be able to see the image, but they'll have a description of it, and then they can contact us to right. to uh, provide that form. I know we check your website all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. hey, we don't have it, and they might. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, more than likely do. Oh, I should also mention that we're talking about collections, the mm-hmm. Boyer, uh, Marianne Boyer collection, and so they were photographers here, uh, portrait photographers hmm. here in Anchorage from about 1973 to 2003, 2005, and there's about 350,000 images to 400,000 images of their portrait work Wow! of just, they were one of the, if you wanted a photo of senior pictures, mm-hmm. um, wedding pictures, there's corporate pictures, all kinds of things that's in that collection. I mean, currently it's it's just alphabetical. We don't have, we're still receiving some of the things from, from her as their... Mm-hmm getting those out of a storage unit. <laughs> but uh, so that's a very uh, large collection that there's so much you can do with it as far as how people dressed over time, um, different ethnic groups in Anchorage and see how they, how they've appear in the record over the, over the years during that time frame. We also talking about portraits. We have the word Wells portrait collection. Okay. He also did, a, had, did portrait work. Oh, I didn't know that. And that, that covers from about the, 40s, you know, up to when he, to about 1980. And then before that, we also have a large collection, Lou Liston collection, which was part of the drugstore, which I can't think of on, but anyway, so they had a large photography where he would sell them through the store and then he would buy images from other photographers to, to sell. And that's a pretty large, probably about 12,000 photos in that collection. And he also had a portrait collection. So we have portraits of Anchorage people mm-hmm. <laughs> all the way from the 30s all the way up to 2003 oh, really cool. almost I a had, continuous coverage yeah. i had no idea that's so cool yeah, okay so. another thing to make note of for the reference desk that's always a good thing yeah. so um what types of users do you see i mean obviously you get people doing railroad research i presume mm. or at least for the time frame um you, you get the people who are looking for historic buildings in Anchorage a lot, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, people writing books, okay. wanting to illustrate their books. That's not unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, people doing documentaries. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, documentaries do have, and reality TV. Yeah, we have, <laughs> for whatever reason, the last couple of months have been these TV shows in Great Britain calling. And, oh, really? And wanting to know about doing programs, okay. uh, uh, images for programming, whether it's the Gold Rush or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, so... Who else? We have some people have heard about our portraits, the mm-hmm. Boyer, so they'll come and looking for images of uh, see if their family members or themselves are in in that collection. People doing uh, we have the Polar Lab artists that work with the museum, mm-hmm. and so they'll come in and be doing research on a, perhaps a, a clothing in say up by the Seward Peninsula or something like that mm-hmm. with the parkas or different things like that. And so we do have a lot of those kind of images. 
and so people will be doing research, different artists doing research there. It's a, it's runs the whole gamut. That's one reason why I like the uh, reference work is you really know don't know what the next question is going to be. Right. When someone walks in, it can we have people doing research on mining. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a popular you know popular in the summer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, in addition to some of the archives I mentioned, the collections we do have some blueprints mm-hmm. and some documentation that way, like the Fourth Avenue Theater blueprints. Uh, well, that's going to become really important very quickly. Yes, and some of the railroad um, building blueprints when they were originally done for the depots and things mm-hmm. like that, uh, a few of those. And then we do have some of the, like, uh, a few with the mining, like, uh, drill logs along mm-hmm. up in the Cantitian region, mm-hmm. uh, Peter, Peter Hill, uh, Peter's Hills there area along Cash Creek. So people will come and, and find those and come do research right. for that. Uh, and then, of course, the museum, because our staff do them for their programming. Um, they'll be coming in doing research for images for their programming and also the exhibits. Right. And that's kind of our, our focus. One of our, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we're there, the Anchorage Museum, is to help the museum staff with their their work with the exhibits and programming. So uh, that's a little broad section, a right, cross but section. It, but of, I mean, it, I, think, I think it's interesting because people just assume we get one type of researcher that it's always a historical researcher and in a sense everybody's doing historical research because they're working with records that aren't current but they're they kind of run the gamut of Mm -hmm. the types of researchers we see yeah and i mean we have some of the files we have are even uh like military cleanup (laughs) like out on the illusions and so we've had government you know uh government officials come in to look at some of those kind of things aerials and things like that from data collection or some of the other collections we have and then of course we have the park service people mm-hmm. uh, doing doing their research right. um, both with, uh, with the federal and then also the state workers and then, and then we get people uh doing legal work mm-hmm. you know looking for um like you know where the iditarod trail used to go and, uh, yeah. and things like that so um it's it's interesting yeah. it is. it's what i like about it too that it changes what's the one thing or three things, I don't know, your choice, <laughs> you wish people knew about archives in general or even your archives specifically that you think maybe they don't? I think with, I mean, archives in general, people probably don't think of them first <laughs> when right. they're looking for information. Right. They, they think of the library and especially, I shouldn't say especially, but here in Alaska it's very easy just to look on the catalog and do a search because it covers so much of the state now right. with the, the Alaska Library Catalog that I think people start there and, and think that's all the information that they that's out there that's easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much hidden away in the archives that's not on uh, the internet or on that catalog. Right. And so the, on some of those topics, they need to you know contact the institution to see or at least go to the website and see what's on their their finding aids or or some of the directional materials there. Uh, so I think there's a real wealth of information in the archives that people don't realize is there, mm-hmm. and that they can have access to. It's not right. just for the professor on the UAA campus or for the UAA employee. Right. I mean, not the UAA, but or UAA, but also at the museum employee. Um, with our particular archive. It seems like a lot of people don't even know we're here or, or, or <laughs> there. It shocks you know, me because it feels or, like we're constantly sending people your way. Yeah. And, and, but we get the same thing. A lot yeah. of people don't know we're here either. So 
we'll have, you know, because we have a lot of traffic, the foot traffic for the museum. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, someone will, uh, a local, you know, someone that's from Anchorage will, will wander into the museum and then they'll wander into our space. And, oh, I didn't didn't know you were here. <laughs> you know, I've lived here all my life and didn't know, you know, that yeah, kind of, that kind have, of question. That's so. definitely a benefit for you is the foot traffic because yeah. this library gets the foot track of traffic of people coming to the library. And I think the museum's foot traffic has to be so much higher. And you're oh, yeah. on the first floor. Right. We're, we don't have a lot on the third floor here unless people are going to events. Uh, yeah, we're right... At the right at the front entrance, and wow. people don't have to pay to get to the library and archives, part of the museum. And we have about two hundred thousand people come through the museum wow. uh, each year. That's, and we're looking to hit that figure again this year, or maybe even go over. Mm-hmm. So um, we do have a lot of foot tra- traffic that way, but still, I think people need to. Uh, <laughs> maybe advertise ourselves a little bit more. <laughs> well, I know you've got a fair amount. Maybe not a fair amount. You'd have a much better sense than I. I know even when I hit the Alaska Library catalog, I do see your archival collections crop up on occasion in my searches. So you have some that get those abbreviated records, not the Mm -hmm. full finding aids, because there's no way to fit those into a library catalog record. But you get some of that. There's a few of those. I think they they did add those for a while, Mm -hmm. but they haven't been added uh, for quite a while just because time restraints i mean i mean everybody kind of understands that but there's two of us at the library now Mm full-time um we do i should mention we do have a full-time archivist uh sarah piasecki is our archivist and she does very well putting things together and taking in the collections and identifying stuff Mm -hmm. but but with just two of us it's it's, you just can't do everything it's difficult and i think with especially since you're collection concentrates so hard on photographs that they just need that little extra bit of description that sometimes those of us who work with both both textual and photographic mm-hmm. we, we can kind of skip a little bit of that on the textual or we feel like we can maybe we can't <laughs> but sometimes depending on the photographs it's really hard to give access and, and not be describing at a fairly detailed level so. and then rehousing that's one of the yeah. things that's yes. one of the things as reference specialists, uh, I, I used to do some of the, uh, quite a bit of the rehousing, and rehousing can, uh, it's necessary right. because it's it's taking care of the material, it's right. making it so it'll last longer. Um, some of the scrapbooks come in with these uh, not so great uh, <laughs> binders holding them together, right. and so they need to be taken out of and, and rehoused. Death to magnetic so, albums. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so certainly that's time consuming as well. Right. It is. Uh, it's uh, it's a good resource for people to know about, though, having the archive there and, yeah. and that it's free to come in and use. And uh, I think uh, I think people would be uh, would just find a lot of stuff they'd be interested in right. that they that maybe they're not aware of. Right. So now you've been in Alaska most of your life. Except for two stints for college. <laughs> two yes. stints in college? Yeah. Well, undergrad and grad. In your experience, do you think being a librarian slash archivist librarian or archivist in Alaska is different than maybe it is in other places? You know, I haven't seen the other side a whole lot, right. I guess. So it's, it's hard to compare too much. Mm-hmm. I know when I went to, when I was at grad school and did an internship at the library at the Florida Geological Survey, which was on the FSU campus, Florida State University campus, Mm -hmm. 
I know they would, uh, sometimes a librarian would talk about trying to get their, uh, the scientists and those working in that office to realize what resource they had there in the library. Mm -hmm. So I think that part's still pretty much <laughs> exactly the same. same. <laughs> and with, you know, I started out as a librarian in 96 is when I got my degree mm -hmm. for my uh, grad degree. And with the, with the internet, people tend to find information quick and fast, but not realize there's a whole lot more that they right. could access that's not on the internet that would be a lot more depth to mm -hmm. their research or their student paper or whatever they're, they're doing. I mean, as yeah. far as, you know, I think, uh, that's one thing that, but comparing Alaska to outside, I'm not sure too much, how much difference there is. I know I'm getting you have more bugs in Florida. I mean, cause there's yeah, not a, as know, much pest control is not as much an issue. Yes. For us. When I, when, we are spoiled. When I was, <laughs> when I was in the, the classes, I remember, I still remember it's been a while since I thought about that, but when I was in classes in Florida and they kept, they'd go on and on about <laughs> the bug issue and, and taking care of your collections and the humidity was another right, big right. factor there in Florida and right. uh, watch out, you know, for the flooding and, and right. things like that. So I think, yeah, different parts of the country have their own different issues. And of course, certainly the uh, funding at different parts of the country is uh, not level. You know, I mean, in, right. compared to Anchorage and I mean, in Alaska and different parts, I think a lot of how archives either thrive or are just trying to hang on depends on different funding mm -hmm. in their in their different locations. So right. it's hard to compare the whole state to another place. Right. But I know a lot of the seems like back when I was just getting out of library school, some of the, a lot of the corporate libraries were kind of going away. Yeah. So that's, that's a little different, uh, environment, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we have earthquakes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have, we do have, yeah, we have the earthquakes and, and that, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's all I had for you. Do you have anything you want to add? Things that I didn't ask and should have? Uh, I think that covers it pretty good. I think we enjoy having people come by. We do at the, I should mention that, you know, we do have, we are open to the public, mm -hmm. uh, 16 hours a week. So Tuesday through Friday, 10 to two. Yes. We thank welcome, you for that. Welcome. <laughs> anybody, anybody can come in and, and do research and they can research any of our collections. Uh, we do have a rare book collection and, and then a large map collection and as, as well as the photographs. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not quite one-stop shopping, but you can <laughs> do quite a bit of research, different different materials. Now, your library materials, if I'm remembering right, they don't get they aren't things you can check out or interlibrary loan, right? Right. We're we don't we don't check out uh, to the public, mm -hmm. so they can do research in the facility, but um, can't take it with them. Right. And then bring it and check it out. So that is one part that can make it harder for, so people have to a lot more time right to come yeah, and, but i mean that's pretty typical the, the most specialized libraries yeah. and archives i think and of course you have equipment so if they need copies you can always do that too, oh, yeah because... we can make yeah cool okay well that's all i have okay <laughs> thank you zane yeah no problem that's it for this month's episode of archiving ak thanks to zane for joining me for this one Next month, Veronica will be interviewing Ian Hartman, a professor of history at the University of Alaska Anchorage, about his research into Anchorage's African-American history. <laughs>